0: newspaper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben show as I speak. It's Friday, October 1st, 2021. Lord knows when you're actually listening to this. I hope you're listening to this closer to October 1st, 2021, because we're talking about things that are happening right now in real time. We're talking basketball. I'm not even going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce him because I'm just going to introduce him. He's Chicago's finest bookie. Yes. The man, the myth, the legend. Benji the bookie has returned uh, to the Ben Jarowski show to talk NBA basketball. His real name is Benjamin Hall, but we call him Benji the bookie because that's what he is. Welcome back, Benji. Uh,
1: I think being a bookie is illegal, Ben. I'm not a bookie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I'm just joking. IRS and CIA and anybody else who would crack down on him.
1: That's right. I don't need. Uh, I don't need my phones tapped.
0: He he's also a leftist. Oh my,
1: would he? Double reason to go after him. Uh, well, he, not maybe not so much in this administration, but I'm worried about maybe the future.
0: Yes, we're going to uh, hold back from a uh, overtly political discussion, although I can see us going there. Uh, there's a chance that uh, Sergio Vicente will join us. Who knows? He may uh, pop in. We uh, welcome him if he does, uh, and uh, we're going to have an NBA discussion. People are going, what about Miles? Well, Miles is working today, so he couldn't make it. Uh, So Benji and I will do this. All right, Benji, NBA uh, for me means uh, my beloved Chicago Bulls. But uh, before we get to the Bulls, I would love to get your thoughts. And as I said, uh, Benji's a bit of a lefty on uh, NBA players and the vaccine. This has been a popular topic all week uh, on my um, live cast of my live show i've been venting railing and ranting about a handful of players and uh, before we went on the air you pointed out something to me that i really should take pause and think about and reflect upon that while i rant and rail about andrew wiggins and kyrie irving and bradley beal uh, who haven't been vaccinated 95 percent as in nine and a five percent of the nba is vaccinated which is not as good as the 99 percent of the wnba uh that's vaccinated but it's pretty damn good uh so i should stop complaining about andrew wiggins bradley beal and Kyrie irving uh is that uh, your general opinion
1: no they should uh, they should receive some criticism for sure for making a, a very strange and selfish choice. But I think the the criticism, and I I cannot believe I have not heard one word about this anywhere. And I actually had to um, Google it to find out what's going on. Like, but why is the players union on a vote not mandating that everybody be vaccinated? I mean, wh- why let the 5% dictate this weird problem for all of the league. It's about league safety, the player safety. Uh, Why not let the 95% choose to be safe?
0: I can answer that question. Do you want me to answer that question? Yeah. Uh, It gets into the whole issue of the union being the bad guy or the NBA being the bad guy. So follow me. And this is this is this goes beyond this is a union issue that's well beyond the NBA Players Association. Uh, it's also an issue that many progressive unions here in the city of Chicago uh, are facing. So it's this, it's like this. The people who generally run the union realize that you need a vaccination, but they also know that many of their rank and file, even if it's just 5% of their rank and file, are against it. In some cases, like the police union, the fraternal order police, it's probably closer to 50%. Who knows? Uh, but they're... Uh, so if you, the union, force a mandate down the throats of, even if it's 5% or 10%, you're going to have 5% or 10% of your collective bargaining unit mad at you. So nope. better strategically. Always be,
1: there's always going to be a percentage mad at you on any decision. That's right? That's true.
0: But, but this so is a health there, issue. If, if I if get was, you. But I'm just, a, let me just was, finish.
1: I'm going to just if finish this question th- real quick. If it was a question of safety in another way that hasn't been uh, misinformed and politicized, Uh, you know, whether it's like you have to wear a seatbelt, well, that's a bad example because that's personal, but that causes someone else danger, including yourself and 95% of the union voted for it. Nobody's going to be mad that the 5% were misrepresented, but for some silly reason, the vaccine is treated in this weird light.
0: Well, now, now we'll move beyond the tactics of unions. Uh, and to get into the overall brainwashing of America, which I completely agree with you. But just let me finish my thought. So uh, their attitude is let the uh, NBA be the bad guy here, and then uh, we will turn to uh, the Bradley Beals and Andrew Wiggins saying, and say, hey, it's, it's not us, it's them. So that's their ta- That's their reason to answer your first question. Now you're getting into the brainwashing of America. And... Uh, Benji, I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. Uh, the the attitude that Americans have toward the vaccination and their opposition to it, and the reasons that they uh, offer for it, which for an old lefty like me are baffling. I'll one example that's on my mind: Get your response, uh, Draymond Green yesterday of the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, was justifying, was saying that he was not going to uh, tell Andrew Wiggins what to do. Andrew Wiggins is his teammate who uh, won't uh, get vaccinated, even though he may miss at least half the season because there's a rule in the city of San Francisco that you have to be vaccinated to get into the basketball arena. And Draymond Green says it's, it is uh, Andrew Wiggins' liberty, his personal liberty, his freedom not to get vaccinated. And the government can't tell us uh, what we do. And I thought that's uh, what, what a free country was in America. And, and then he said, I don't want to – this has become politicized. I don't want to take a political stand. When he had just finished offering up a Republican talking point, in the same vein that he was saying, I don't want to get political, he was political, only he was Republican political. And he may not even realize he was offering up a Republican talking point. The whole notion of liberty uh, in this matter, Benji, is made up. The NBA players have to urinate into a jar
1: mm-hmm. and
0: get their – Piss, They're drug tested. Sep, drug tested. Mm-hmm. What about that liberty, Draymond Green? Yeah. What about that sacred liberty that you voluntarily well, I mean, give up? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, this is just uh, a lack of understanding of what <laughs> our government does and what it represents, and what our what the rules and laws and liberties really are. It's it's, and then uh, you know, like you said, a bunch of. I don't know. Misinformation confusing people more. I don't know where he gets his information, but the misinformation is so widespread now. Uh, And quite frankly, you know, if you really want to hear a political view on this, I think uh, if our government was smart, it would start finding the living crap out of the any, any social media outlet or news outlet that spreads um, wrong information about this virus because it is potentially causing death in our country, not to mention everything else that goes along with it. Um, I mean, if the FCC could ha- fine Howard Stern a million dollars every time he swore, ooh, like that really did damage to people, then we surely could have escalating fines for every Facebook misinformation out there or Twitter or whatever, uh, on and on and on. And, you know, uh, it would be fun to see how fast that they would uh, fix this problem.
0: Well, I think that, uh, that's a, by the way, uh, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, and that's a great analogy. Uh, Howard Stern back in the day would be fined all the time. And I, never again, never heard maga or uh, their antecedents complaining about howard stern being fined uh if anything they were saying they good you're cleaning up uh the airwaves
1: family values uh
0: family values and the democrats at the tipper gore or at the time remember the democrats jumped aboard that bandwagon for a while so you're you're absolutely correct uh and similarly liberty i've never heard them proclaiming the rights of people not to have to take drug tests
1: i mean i don't have the right to spit on someone So I mean, duh. I don't have the right to punch someone in the face or to stab them or to do many things to cause injury or harm to people. Uh, So if all of a sudden, because I'm unvaccinated, my breath becomes potentially deadly, then I should—I'm the problem.
0: Well, I'm. I'm, we uh, don't—we don't—we
1: don't don't have any self-sacrifice in this country anymore. But so shame on Draymond for saying that.
0: I have a. I note that uh, I saw a poll the other day, which I thought was interesting, and uh, you know, always put a little asterisk next to a poll because uh, it's all dependent how it's phrased. I understand, but it said fifty-one percent of Americans or the people who who responded to the poll favor ma- uh, mandates, uh, right. vaccine mandates. Fifty-one percent, and it was thirty-four percent. It was kind of kind of a trouncing. Thirty-four percent are against them, and fourteen—I think it was like fourteen percent. I hope those numbers add up doing this from memory, uh, had no opinion, which is, uh, yes, my favorite, the no opinion people. Uh, And um, so I believe that most uh, folks in this country are on your side. And Mm -hmm. again, the power of MAGA has done brilliantly, brainwashed uh, Americans on on this issue and cowered many of members of the Democratic Party now, it's good to see that, like, for instance, in the city of Chicago. the we-
1: media. The entire media is at blame here, as it always is, except you. Why, do you. why do you say that? Well, I mean, they choose the stories. The stories are, oh, there's upset MAGA people, blah, 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 blah. Their liberty, liberty. You know, they, 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 they give them credence. Instead, if the story was every day that there's a faction of our country that is causing us a uh, a financial ruin, of death, destruction, and they're not playing along nicely, and that the, just, you know, speak the truth of what everybody else is feeling on a daily basis, uh, we would probably be at 80% pro-mask. But they don't do that. They don't tell that story. What do you think about their... Uh... What
0: do you think about the emphasis they put on the Andrew Wiggins of the world? Again, Andrew Wiggins is a forward for the Golden State Warriors. He's an ordinary player, not a star, although he was once a number one draft choice, uh, proving Ben's point that the draft is totally overrated. We'll avoid going down that road for the moment. Uh, And uh, he's decided that he has done his own research, uh, and uh, he doesn't want to get vaccinated so, so much emphasis is put on him as opposed to the other uh, 95%. And I'm guilty of that as well. I've spent so much time talking about Bradley Beal uh, and Kyrie Irving, who, two other NBA players who decided they don't want to get vaccinated. And again, not thinking of the 95% who are. So, do you think that uh, people like me and the rest of the media are guilty of uh, overemphasizing the uh, reluctance of the Andrew Wiggins of the world? Or do you think that's a story worth pursuing?
1: Um, no, I think we should focus on Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he's he's been a career disappointment in every pretty much every level. So uh, this just kind of goes right along with it. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's a Kansas, I wouldn't say graduate, played one year. But uh, I don't think he got a medical degree there. And if he did, someone needs to look into what Kansas is teaching in medicine. I don't know where he did his research, but uh, I would say that there's no doubt that uh, he's an expert by any stretch of the imagination. So when the majority of the entire medical world in in the world and in America, and not to mention the history of all the statistics on the vaccine so far that have been proven versus who hasn't gotten and then they're dying and having, I mean, what plant? where did he find anything that was valid? I mean, who does research on Twitter? Or Facebook. I'm sorry. Uh, all you got to do is call some doctors. It's not con- you got to you got to NBA team full of doctors and a league full of doctors. Why not consult them, you moron? So so instead of even having an argument about what he's saying, just just immediately say he's being absolutely stupid, selfish, and potentially causing damage to his teammates. Is that a team player? No. But not only his teammates, the rest of the league and everyone else involved with the team and the league, and because of that, he should actually lose his contract. And they should force the players' union to abide by this with a vote from the entire union to say, we are not going to back this quote-unquote baloney about individual freedom. This is about safety.
0: Uh, Benji, you would last for about one second uh, in the, the union with that attitude. And
1: way uh, right. no, I just want to point out union. That's the point. But put it up to a vote. Let, that isn't what unions isn't the concept of a union to be to to represent the masses as opposed to going individually. Now, if the safety of the masses is being compromised by a few individuals or the union itself is being looked upon frownly, f- uh, badly because of a few bad eggs, Chicago police, um, then it's the union's responsibility to protect the union, the many, not the few. I don't know if the unions have just lost that messaging, but it would be, I would just like to hear the media talk about it that way. Well, I, I, How about I do, the many over the few? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do believe uh, that, I, be, I believe that the brainwashing of America on the issue of vaccines uh, has been so successful,
1: that even, successful. People who
0: get, that even people who get the vaccine mm-hmm. feel a little reluctant, many of them, sure. uh, to speak out yeah, against people who don't. So like, for instance, LeBron James said, well, I uh, was skeptical at first about the vaccine. I did my research and I decided to get it, but I don't want to impose my views on other people.
1: I'm like, he's also got a really big monthly nut he's got to cover. That was his research, I think. i got to keep getting paid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see. You know what's yeah. funny about that? I said this today at the other show. And then we're going to get to basketball, actual basketball. Although I think my political listeners are really loving this more than the basketball conversation. But uh, what I what I find so funny about LeBron, uh, who is, again, I say this all the time, uh, one of the greatest players uh, in the history of the NBA. He's definitely in my top ten. He's one of the most... Um, how do I put this, Uh, determined and willful uh, individuals I've ever seen. He's a champion at anything he does. He's going to be huge in Hollywood, in business world. He's made a fortune off the court as well as on the court. And he does that by imposing his will on other people. Uh, Benji, he doesn't do that by sitting back and go, well, you know, you have your opinion, I got my, you do what you want to do. No, he demands what's best for him in any situation. And in that famous moment, did you know? I know all basketball play. all basketball fans remember this moment I'm talking about. The last time the Cleveland Cavaliers were in the NBA Finals, they were playing the Golden State Warriors. I believe it was game one. My memory is game one. It was coming down to the wire. Uh, there was a missed free throw by the, um, yeah, the sure. Cavaliers. They got the rebound. Uh, J.R. Smith got the rebound, and yeah. they had to get a shot up to win the game, and J.R. Smith his brain froze, and he started dribbling Mm -hmm. out the clock. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. And they they went into overtime as a result, and they lost, and then they got swept. Yep. LeBron James. Do you think LeBron James had an attitude toward J.R. Smith that he had toward Andrew Wiggins? Do you think, ah, you know, you make a mistake. What's the big deal? We lost the game, now we're going to get swept? You're a good guy, and I, you know... I uh, protect your liberty to do whatever you want with the basketball in the closing seconds. No, he was livid. And he showed that he was livid. It was so interesting. In this case, he's so brainwashed. Go ahead.
1: Well, that was at the end of the season. Draymond is by all, you know, accounts, it seems like he's the leader of the golden state team as far as a personality. And so, uh, if they're, you know, they're counting on Wiggins to be a key part of a you know something potentially exciting this year or next year or whatever right um his he, he he's hard to move because it was crazy salary so they can't really just ditch him and so i think he's tiptoeing around just the personal uh you know he doesn't he wants to ingratiate himself with his teammates and know that i got your back even if it's a dumb decision so it's, it's hard to put anything on Draymond. He's just being a teammate.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's move on for Draymond, for, and let's get to my beloved Chicago Bulls. I was very excited by the uh, moves that the Chicago Bulls have made uh, during the offseason. If folks who have listened to Benji and myself uh, and Miles go at it, know this. I am a Bulls fan. I bleed Bulls red. I pretty much jump on the bandwagon and wave the flag, whatever stupid decision the Bulls make. <laughs> And much that way, I'm like a Chicago voter. Oh, the mayor said it. It must be good. Uh, Benji, on the other hand, is very cold-hearted, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to tell you this. He's a straight uh, He's straight up. He, he does his analysis. He does his homework. He's not even a Bulls fan. I'm not even sure which NBA team he roots for. <laughs> I don't think he roots for any NBA team. He roots for the the bottom line of the bet he made, although he's not a bookie IRS. Uh, and uh, so in that way, he's uh, an analytics kind of guy. So... Uh, Mr. Analytics kind of guy. Let's break down what the Chicago Bulls did on the offseason. Let's see if my uh, usual optimism uh, is met uh, by you. Uh, So first of all, overall, uh, your thoughts on what the Bulls did to improve themselves uh, over the offseason.
1: Before we start, do you have any idea what the the Vegas over under uh, they've set for the win total for the Bulls is? Let's see how I do not
0: know because I, unlike uh, Benji the bookie, I am not a bookie. Although Benji's not a bookie either, IRS. Um, but I would guess. Okay, so just for folks who are not basketball fans, this is the over. There's 82 games in a regular season, ladies and gentlemen. Utter mediocrity is 41 wins. You win 41, you lose 41. Uh, the a really outstanding team wins 60 games. A really good team wins 50 games. Uh, utterly me- Utter mediocrity is 41. Everything below that is bad. So I would say uh, Vegas is very pessimistic about the Chicago Bulls. I would say that the over-under is 40.
1: Close. Uh, Vegas is a little uh, more optimistic than you think. It's 42 and a half.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Vegas. The Chicago Bulls move heaven and earth, ladies and gentlemen. To get championship-type players or not championship and playoff caliber players in Vegas. Is like, this
1: this goes right into my point about why I've not been that happy with what they've done in the last year. Well, seven months, let's say, uh, with their moves is that they've sacrificed a lot of draft picks, um, and some semi decent players that were good role players on good contracts for this win. Now roster, Supposedly. And then the consensus among everyone who does analysis in the NBA is that they're a barely 500 team. Yay. So that's uh, (laughs) a. I don't know. If you're going to give up your future, you'd think you'd be in the 50 range at least to have a shot. But nope, they they were really, they, they had to get back to 500. That was just like mission critical, I guess, from the top. I would love to see the memo on that one.
0: All right, uh, that's a lot of sarcasm being thrown at my beloved Bulls, but a bookie.
1: All right, uh, but let's I do break some, it. Good, some good things okay. that, that
0: I like. Uh, let's let's deal with the good things uh, with yeah, the Bulls. let's uh,
1: let's give the, the the fans some optimistic uh, things. Okay, so uh, the offense should be really good, and they should be fun to watch. So that's exciting um, for you know they haven't been that fun for a long time to watch. Um, I would take that anything, out
0: of that sentence they haven't been okay, fun sure. to watch. You don't need the that Since in their Rose
1: probably. But even that was a sloggy team. Um, but he was exciting. So they they got uh, a very offensive team. They got they were really bad at passing a couple years ago and all of a sudden they got a center who's got a good range. He can he can Pull out to the three point line. He can go down low. He's he's really wicked on offense, and he's actually a, a really good passer. So that's exciting. How about Vukovic? Vukovic, yep. And then uh, Lonzo Ball, now at point guard, who's uh, a, a become actually a quite a good uh, outside shooter from three. Um, uh, he's an amazing passer. He, he doesn't need the ball in his hand, which is huge with play with Zach Levine, um, but yet he can also facilitate really well and move. So they're going to have a lot of movement, and they're going to have a lot of passing. Uh, and the only thing about Lonzo that's a little down is he—he's not that great at driving to the rim and scoring inside and drawing free throws. But he shouldn't have to do that that much on this team. Um, uh, and then you got uh, DeRozan, who uh, is uh, not—he can't. His range isn't out to the three-point line, but he's a really good mid-range shooter. So those are kind of nice to have in the mix, but ideally you'd you'd want him to be, you know, have his range all the way to the three-point line to spread the court even further. Um, But he's also a very, very good passer. I mean, I think he averaged like six assists last year. So they got like, Alonzo had like eight assists. Vucevic is like four assists for a center. You got uh, DeRozan with his six assists. And Zach Levine uh, has become a much better passer. After, you know, this first five years, I don't know if you knew how to throw a pass. So that's pretty good. Um, and he I, I think any any whenever these guys go and they play on the Olympic team, the, 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 the uh, collective practice time and camaraderie with all these other great guys seems to always make people better. And he seemed to have got a lot better just from that Olympic experience and uh, I, that's going to boost his confidence, and his game is certainly evolving uh, way past what I thought it would be. And so, you know, he's very exciting, and obviously he's a very fun player to watch too. So, th- so on offense, this team is going to be uh, pretty spectacular. I mean, they'll be a top ten offense in the league probably.
0: All right. So let's think about what you're saying in the course of an eighty two game season, and what Vegas is saying. Well, mm-hmm. It completely contradicts what Vegas says, and I'll explain. Uh, what I've heard from as long as for at least fifty years of following basketball is that uh, defense wins. But in reality, the real tough defense only, with a few exceptions, doesn't start until the playoffs. On a really consistent, steady basis, it's it's a long season. There's a lot of traveling. There's back-to-back games. Uh, players are there's load management issues, so players are are held back. Uh, and uh, then there's also injuries. So the notion that teams are just going to be playing really, you know, chest-to-chest defense, every every play of the game uh, is exaggerated. So what's going to win, what's going to prevail in a long course of a season is good offense. you got to score. Basketball, last I heard, it was the team that scored the most points, won the game. So what you're actually saying when you articulate it very well, I want give you credit for Uh, all the Bulls' additions over the offseason to make it a more potent offense, bodes well for the regular season. Now, the issue is, will it bode well for the playoffs? But with the Bulls, we got to get through the regular season before we can even talk about the playoffs because this Bulls team has not been in the playoffs since, I want to say, 2016. I mean, it got the year off because it's so long ago I forgot. And uh, so, Benji, I would say that what you just described is a team that could potentially win 50 games. 50 games, uh, and then fall apart in a playoff. Go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, as good as, as much credit as I just gave them on the offensive end, uh, you know, I said top 10. I, I, they're not a top five offense. Um, I don't think, I mean, maybe there's outside chance they could get there, but uh, they're so horrible on defense that, uh, It doesn't really matter, and that's that's why you get to a number that's close to 500. So, um, you can just look at the Knicks last year for an example of a team that basically had crap offense and just really really good defense, and they finished over 500. So defense can win. Um, I mean it's 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 silly to me when people say you know they try to determine whether offense is. Gonna win you a championship, or defense is gonna win you a championship. It's almost always a combination that wins you the championship. Whether you're stronger at one or the other is kind of irrelevant, but you you, you have to be really good at least one of them, and, and then above average at the other, if not elite. So, um, but yeah, so they they're gonna they're they're probably gonna be above five hundred, but not anything crazy. Plus, the East and the NBA in general is really strong this i mean the teams have gotten deeper the rosters have gotten uh much stronger i think and so the competition is a lot harder i disagree with you on the last point
0: uh about the east and i i just i've I've had i look at the east i see the milwaukee bucks obviously defending champions i see the uh uh the Brooklyn uh, Nets who probably without uh, injury to Kyrie Irving would have been in the finals uh so they're probably better than the Bucs on paper anyway uh and then you know i mean okay Miami got Kyrie uh excuse me uh, Kyle Lowry yep. so uh, they underperformed last year so sure i don't did. see any other great teams uh in the east outstanding such power team Philadelphia 76ers are a bunch of head cases right now Ben Simmons we don't he's he says he won't play for them now Joel Embiid's mad at him he's mad at Embiid so now even if they do talk him into coming back got to deal with that uh issue and uh they're still a win team yeah they won 50 games last year without Ben Simmons I don't think they're winning 50 games this year you know Atlanta Atlanta had a nice run in the playoffs uh And an amazing second
1: half of the
0: season. Yeah, so let's give them credit for that. On the other hand, they faced uh, New York Knicks in round one, a complete overachieving team in the regular season that, like most Tom Thibodeau teams, comes back to earth really fast in the playoffs. So they're not exactly uh, the Bill Russell Celtics. Uh, And then they played the basket case known as the Philadelphia 76ers, where Ben Simmons was so afraid to shoot that he passed on a layup. So again, it's... A couple of asterisks on their, on their run. So, I, Benji, I don't see the great competition in the East except, as I said, two outstanding teams in Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Your reaction?
1: Well, I think Atlanta's a 48 50 win team. I think Philly's a 48 50 win team. I think Boston's a 48 win team. Um, I think uh, um, the Knicks are probably going to be a 44 to 45 one team uh they got deeper and uh, they've solved a lot of their problems plus Thibodeau will, will ride them until they fall down <laughs> um so you know win at any cost over there yeah. uh I I think uh even Charlotte is an interesting team they're probably below the Bulls um I think uh uh, I'm missing some teams here. Sorry, but uh, here, let me look at this. You're not missing any
0: team worth mentioning. Well, you haven't mentioned Miami. No, there, yet.
1: There, there's other good. There's actually other good teams. That's what's you haven't crazy. mentioned Miami. Yeah, Miami is a as a 45 to 50 win team. Um, so, so, I mean, that that's like 10 teams I just named, um, and and even the even the quote unquote. Uh, you know Toronto should be they they had the, the year from hell last year they they played in Tampa Bay who wants to live in Tampa Bay for 6 months that's got to just drive you crazy as an NBA player um not to mention they had a, a million injuries and in covid stuff so they, they have not even though they lost uh you know um uh, what's his face the Lowry they, I, I I don't I mean I think they're still going to be tough I got them at, right around the Bulls I think the Wizards uh, without Westbrook actually got better. Um, so I think they're a 35-1 team. Wait, the and Wizards the- with Bradley Beal,
0: their star player yeah. who's not vaccinated, that Wizards? Just to make sure we get that well, Wizards Well, if
1: Bradley Beal yeah. can't play, then that's then they, yeah. they'll go and, down. Or if
0: sure. he gets the entire team sick with uh, COVID, uh, that that Wizard team? Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then, I, mean, Wiz- I just want to make last... sure we're talking about that Wizard team. Here, go ahead. And go then ahead. and then the Pacers, uh, you know, health-wise, are about like the Bulls. So that's that's a lot of teams.
0: In other words, what you're saying is like there's two out. You're basically with me. You're saying there's two outstanding teams in the East, yes. and then everybody else is in the mix, and let's yeah, see how it plays three
1: out. Tiers. I'd say there's well, there's there's the, there's the bottom tier we didn't talk about. Uh, you put the Hello heat Detroit. in. The top. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, there's the two teams at the top, and then there's a, the, that tier with you know the Philly, Miami, you know mix, and then there's the Bulls and the Knicks and the, the Pacers and the blah blah blahs.
0: All right. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give you two names. We'll close with this and get uh, your response to this. You had when the Bulls first. Oh wait,
1: uh, yeah. Can I talk right. about my surprise on the Bulls real quick before we do that? Well, that was I don't where, want to where I was going. It.
0: That was where well, I was got, going. Oh, let's it for it. Okay. I'm so so uh, there were two names. Yeah. That uh, Benji commented on me. Uh, commented to me uh, during the off season, and one name is Demar Derozan. And uh, when the Bulls got DeMar DeMar DeRozan, uh, who's about 32 years old, I want to say. He's been around the league, played for Toronto, played for San Antonio. He averages about 20 Mm. points a game. And I've seen him make so many spectacular plays against the Bulls. So I was ecstatic. And I, I think I sent a text to Benji, DeMar DeRozan, at which point Benji goes, overpaid, which was his reaction to DeMar DeRozan. Then the Bulls picked up a guy that probably nobody other than basketball geeks uh, have ever heard of, <laughs> <All> and <right. laughs> Benji goes, "Oh, this Thank guy you. is a good uh, a, well, a good pickup for the Bulls." So Benji, why don't you start with the players that nobody's ever heard of, and then we'll get to DeMar DeRozan. Go ahead.
1: All right. So this you're referring to Elise Johnson. Uh, I don't even know if I have enough saying his name right. He's that obscure. A
0: L I Z E Elise Johnson. Yeah,
1: Brad. Missouri State grad, uh, six seven guy. He's a brick house. I mean, he he reminds me a lot of Jimmy. Uh, and where do you see him play? He it's only his like his third year. I think Indiana drafted him in the second late late second round. You know, and he's been mired in the in the G League really, and you know had had a cup of coffee a couple times for each of the teams. But last year, Brooklyn snagged him at the end of the year, you know, and they had a pretty tough roster. I'm surprised he didn't get any playoff time, but he had a 20-20 game with them, a 20 point, 20 rebound game with them as a six, seven guy. So in the G league, they didn't play a lot of games last year, but he, he shot like 58%. He plays incredible defense. He was on the best team. He averaged 13 rebounds a game. He's not a big time scorer, but he's just a, he, and he's a decent passer. He's just really good, uh, all-around player, and I think he's going to surprise, especially with Patrick Williams being out now for a while. I, I hope he gets some run because at otherwise it's Stanley Johnson, and I think the league has seen enough of him. Uh, he's whatever. I don't know what he brings to the table anymore, but uh, I would love to see at least get some playing time. I, uh, he's the one for, for Bulls fans to keep an eye on.
0: And then uh, you were pessimistic about DeMar DeRozan.
1: Yeah, I mean, DeMar DeRozan is – he's he's like, uh, he's like one of those old baseball guys where you'd look and uh, they had uh, good statistics and then they were always on losing teams. Um, I'm not saying that DeMar DeRozan is a loser, but uh, his statistics don't tell the story until you look deeper into the stuff. Like when he's on the court, it's like almost always a net negative, right? Because his defense is so bad. And uh, so <laughs> – he he'll 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 confuse uh, people that just maybe look at a box score or watch him play. I mean, he seems like he's a good player if you're not like focused on like what he's doing on the defensive end. If they, it's harder to it, it's easy to see a guy make a bucket or a pass and harder to see a guy, you know, m- missing assignment on defense. So it's he's he's often uh, overappreciated
0: all right so ladies and gentlemen that's uh the surprising good news and the surprising bad news and i'll close by saying this about all that what's and, your season uh, prediction
1: i didn't
0: know oh, well I, uh i'm gonna wait 70 wins? uh no i think i'm going with 75 this year every year we have this <laughs> we have a prediction i uh, collect uh there's no money involved irs no money involved i just take people's predictions, how many games the Bulls are going to win. And I am always, always, A-L-W-A-Y-S, always the one with the highest number of wins in the prediction. And I have never, N-E-V-E-R, won this pool. Uh, Benji may have won it. There's a certain Bob who has won it in the past, and I realize because he he cheats, he figured this out. Uh, and uh, he always puts a, a, a high number and a low number. And so he kind of covers himself there. And we're not going to let well, him do that. Really? Yeah, he cheats. Well, you know, a MAGA guy, what do you want? Uh, and um, so uh, so my prediction is 50. My prediction is 50 wins for the Chicago Bulls this year.
1: What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> well, if if Philadelphia. Without Ben Simmons, in your mind, is a 48-to-50 win team, yeah. you got, yeah. if, if, you, if they're a 48-to-50 win team, then good God, the Bulls are a 48-to-50
1: win team. Well, I, ben, they do have a guy who was second in MVP last <laughs> year.
0: Yeah, and Bede, <laughs> who has never played a full season in his life, can't do back-to-back yeah. games, probably will sit out at least 12 games if he's not injured. Otherwise, you got Seth Curry, not Steph Curry, Seth Curry is your star on that team. He's a star
1: with Tobias Harris. And don't forget, they got another Kentucky guard who's going to break out this year, Maxie. He's going to be great.
0: That's something you all should know about Benji. Uh, He loves Kentucky a little too much. Anyway, I'll close by saying this. When Benji ever says something that I don't like, my attitude is like, he doesn't know anything. Don't listen to Benji. But when he says something I do like, I quote him. Hey, guys, I'm just telling you, at least Johnson... Benji, the bookie, says he's going to be good. I'm a little, in this way, uh, Benji, like MAGA when it comes to NBA players. So when NBA players, uh, justifiably, in my humble opinion, speak out against police brutality, MAGA says, shut up and dribble. When a handful, and it's just a handful, of NBA players say they don't want the vaccine,
1: MAGA's like, listen to Andrew Wiggins. He knows. I'm are you comparing way, me the then way. to if you're MAGA? Then are you, am I like Russian troll? Uh, yeah, you're a Russian troll, <laughs> <laughs> giving you ben- misinformation.
0: <laughs> Benji, the Russian troll. All right, we've run out of time. Benji, the bookie. Thank you so much, uh, folks. You go to Vegas right now and place your bets based on whatever he said. Just kidding. IRS, he's not. Forty-three a
1: real wins. It's my pick. It's slightly over.
0: Forty-three wins for Benji. I got fifty. We'll see who is right. Thank you very much, Benji. I'm Ben Jorofsky. Take care, everybody.